Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, welcome Rush Nation to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. I'm Mark and I'm joined today by Rich of Five Yard Dynasty fame. The more observant of you will have noticed as Nick is not here. If you haven't read his Twitter feed, he's just had a baby and he's decided that spending time with her was more important than spending time with me. There you go, and I'm in place. Thankfully, Rich has kindly stepped in, and um, thanks for taking a very small break and joining me after just finishing the Dynasty show, what, 10 minutes ago? Yeah, about that. No, thank, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, very, very excited to be on. It's uh, It's been a busy evening for me. Luckily, the kids were uh, were very good and both went to sleep nice and quickly so I could, uh, wow. could get on to double podcast duty. Yeah, Nick's still living the dream of easy babies and all that so like uh, but you know so he's very excited still um yeah well we'll see we'll see we'll ask yeah, him each week as he, as he appears on the show yeah give, give him a couple of weeks to settle yeah. in bragging about five hours sleep last night so, yeah exactly uh, yeah, i'll check in a couple of weeks and i haven't had that in four years so i don't know <laughs> how he's getting it but there you yeah. go Absolutely. Uh, so um it's great to have you on, especially as you're doing so well in this tournament. You know, you're 36th at the moment. 
um, which actually is like the seventh highest lineup because there's train two massive trains ahead of you. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so it's gone really well for you so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I guess the, the, the phrase "it's better to be lucky than good." Um, yeah, I, I, I basically f- feel like I lucked out a little bit. I plugged in my, or used used your calculator, um, plugged in my pre-season projections, and uh, yeah, spat spat out a team that seems to be doing really well. So, um, so yeah, yeah, thoroughly enjoying the the concept. It's um, obviously something very new to me, but uh, but yeah, really enjoying it so far. When I put my projections into there, it spat out Baxton Berrios so <laughs> I decided I'm, I'm impressed that it worked with your projections <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it didn't spit anything out like that but yeah it seems, it seems to well, fit that actually storming lineup so yeah we we, um, we actually got a question about that I think week three and stuff because I think he did quite well at the beginning of the season or something we had two good weeks or something yeah Jameson Crowder was uh was out injured wasn't he and yeah you know, the, that, the Jets need a slot receiver, so yeah, he got a, a ridiculous number of, uh, of targets, didn't he, for a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, it was um, yeah after Corey Davis like got us all excited in week one or whatever it was. <laughs> like, uh, God, I'm, I'm I'm talking like it's all such so long ago. Well, it does the, feel like it. We, it really we're does. over a quarter of the way through. It's uh, I know, yeah, the season disappears incredibly quickly, doesn't it? And it's gonna and it's gonna get really hard this week because there's so many injuries last week, and. And um, with us, with you having to lock your fan team teams on a Thursday, I think there's going to be quite a bit of guessing going on. Yeah, it, ki- it killed me in my my other lineup. Uh, I can't remember if it's last week or the week before, where I had Tyson Williams and Elijah Mitchell. And on Thursday, they both looked like they were going to play, and I was like, "All right, I'm fine. They're, they're both in." And then obviously Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch, and Elijah Mitchell didn't play, and I was like, "Okay." That's great. I got a zero from two spots, which was which was pretty brutal. Oh, so I just I was just looking at your second team. It's like four sixty seven. So I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, I was gonna say less 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 said about that one's probably the better. Yeah, okay. actually, that's still beating the pod team, which I'm going to be talking about later tonight. <laughs> so, and I and I've used my wild card last week. Um, so yeah, just um, before we start looking at the teams, just wanted to ask you because obviously you come from a more traditional fantasy football background. Um, you know, you're known as the king of dynasty now, but so for you, the um, do you think you're going to have an advantage for the fact you're used to planning for a season, or do you think it made no difference with this particular contest? I love, I love the idea that you think that I plan for the season. I take that as a massive compliment that you think I do that much planning. Um, no, I, I think that I, I, for me, from my kind of dynasty head, I guess I'm looking at overall kind of value and and player value and trying to look season long kind of and beyond really rather than perhaps going week to week and and kind of small value to small value um so I guess that that probably helps a little bit in terms of not massively overreacting both positively and negative to to kind of one week's collection of data um but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's difficult for me. The thing that I'm probably going to struggle with is once we're getting into these bye weeks, because I'm I'm kind of notoriously insane that bye weeks are overrated, and I never plan for bye weeks in in redraft or dynasty because so much can change and and that mm. kind of thing. And, and here we are approaching bye weeks and on fan team, and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> that I'm going to regret and and end up sort of costing myself some points because I've not planned accordingly mm. for, for those bye weeks. 
It didn't start very well today, did it? In the fact that you said at the beginning of the day you weren't <laughs> going to do any transfers for this week, but you've got two guys play, players on a bye. So, but we will come to them. <laughs> I, I feel like you've thrown me under the bus there. Yeah. Mark. I thought I was going to. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was I was feeling very smug, thinking oh, I really yeah. like my team. I think I'm gonna, just going to stay with it, and then realised, yeah, I've, I've got two guys mm. on bye, so I should should probably think about making some transfers. By the way, before we go any further, we've just we've already had a question in, which I think you're going to enjoy. Um, who do you think is the best football player in the world? <laughs> Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe, um, Lewandowski, or Zlatan? So there you go. Uh, <laughs> as as a guy that doesn't watch much football in <laughs> town at the moment, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll answer it with my stock response of the best player I've ever seen was original Ronaldo, and I still maintain <laughs> that. I think that him at his peak was better than any of the others. So there you go. Uh, there you go, some top fan team and NFL season <laughs> log analysis there. <laughs> oh, I did enjoy that. So before we go any further, though, before we get, to, we'll start before we look at our teams from last week and see how they did. Um, it's my turn this week to do the ad. Um, so we're sponsored by Manscaped. If having a smooth bag is your bag, join the over two million guys who entrust their below the waist grooming to Manscaped.com. The world leaders recently released the lawnmower 4.0, which is the pinnacle of down there trimmers. Head over to manscaped.com and use our promo code of 5YARD at the checkout. That's the number 5 and the word YARD, 5YARD. You'll receive 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That was the, the, smooth, the smoothest Manscaped <laughs> ad read I've, I've heard, Mark. Was... I know, well, um, Nick's back to doing it next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, as you were... As you are a guest, I tell you what, we'll get your team up there first uh, for last week. Um, this is your 36th place team, how you did. Um, hopefully you can see that on the screen. Yeah. So, yeah. So, who have we got here? Let's start. We've start, um, we got Mahomes, which is um, a pretty standard, although he's not exactly looking great at the moment, I wouldn't say. No, although, yeah, I, I, I really think that talent's going to shine through, I think. As a as a team, you know, two and three, who who'd have thought it? But I, I really think that we're gonna see, you know, Mahomes put the Chiefs on his back and and basically go on a bit of a tear. I think for me, I'm I'm if I can get any discount in Dynasty, I'm trying to buy him and I'm I'm adding him in any lineup I can because I think I really believe that from here on out we could see some sort of record breaking Mahomes. I really think that he's gonna show that he's the, the you know the best player in the NFL. Well, they got a big six-pointer against Washington next week, carrying our <laughs> footballing theme, both two and three. Like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of points yeah. in that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's it's going to be a get-right game, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, mm. for I'm, one I'm of them. Shocked, yeah. If it's gonna, <laughs> if it's going to be a, a high-scoring affair for uh, for certainly one team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, go if you want if you want to get your passing game going and stuff. They might not even need Hill and Kelsey. They were both. <laughs> I think I'm expecting both of them to actually play this weekend. Yeah, from what I'm hearing so far. Yeah, um, so from, from what I've seen, it's Tyreek Hill was a, a bit of a scare, but he's absolutely fine. And I think Kelsey, you know, he'll he'll play through whatever he's got. To be honest, he's pretty much yeah. an Iron Man at this point, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah. So what I find interesting about your team is you don't actually have Derek Henry. So you've got Patterson and Eckler. Um, now, obviously, how how long have you had Patterson in for? Uh, so I think I've had him two weeks. So he was. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I had um, I had Christian McCaffrey. As let's be honest, pretty much everyone did. Um, and then when when the injury happened, I was sort of I was contemplating going to Henry, um, 
and I think it was it was talking in the WhatsApp chat with yourself and you sort of saying that, you know, listening to the pod as well, saying Henry is the obvious move. And I was thinking, well, actually, where else do I want to kind of look? Um, and I looked at it and being a Jets fan, I was actually fairly confident that, you know, the, the Jets D-line is the strength of the team. And I was thinking, actually, Derek Henry might not have a, a storming game. And I looked at Austin Eckler and thought he had a fantastic stretch. Um, I think he was, you know, he is criminally undervalued um, always, basically. So I thought that that was a good kind of pivot away from from that traditional kind of Derek Henry spot. Um, so that was why I went with Eckler um, and called Daryl Patterson. Uh, so I think I've had him two weeks um, and it was basically coincided with with me basically announcing on, on the Dynasty pod that I was, I was all in on Cordero Patterson. And I think that, you know, the way he was being used in Atlanta, um, the way he was being moved all over the field, you know, we saw him running traditional receiver routes. We saw him being given, you know, those those one-on-one back shoulder fades in, in the red zone, um, plus also getting, you know, eight, eight to 12 carries a game. Um, I, I just think that... At, uh, the the value of him at I think he's what is he 10, 10 million something like that it, yeah it was just too good to pass up <clears throat> for for another for another week he's at ten I suspect he's going to go up <laughs> quite a bit after that but yeah. I don't know I don't know if there's a limit on how much his price can be increased you'd imagine so because yeah. surely it's going to you know mess up roster values if you could just load up on all the guys that are criminally undervalued at the moment, whether you go Heineke and, and Patterson and mm. Elijah Mitchell and the likes of that, and then just see a huge boom in, in value. And then suddenly you can can switch them out for the more traditional studs. It would it could skew things quite significantly. Mm. But it could be something to take advantage of. It's also something to bear in mind that if because Patterson is on a buy this week, if you want to get him into your team for week seven, then I would do it almost as soon as you can. Now, I don't know whether the prices will have changed. In With the sort of football, the EPL stuff on Fantaine, there's this little window where you can start, you can do what you're talking about, where you can take advantage of the rises, as in you can get somebody in, then their price rises. And I, but I don't know how it's going to work with this NFL one. So um, potentially on Monday or Tuesday, you could bring in Patterson straight away and he'd still be 10 million um, for you. So it, potentially, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess that's the the because I was contemplating. I'll be honest. I was contemplating with the price rise looming. Um, I was contemplating maybe just taking a zero in my kind of yeah. running back spot this week just to lock in that value because we'll come on to it in a bit. I'm sure, but there is sort of one obvious replacement um, for Patterson, but I, I I don't feel so great about him kind of rest of mm. season. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's. Um... Yeah, and it's true of all of the value guys like Dalton Schultz as well, who's another obvious one and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll um, we'll see. We'll talk about those a little bit later. So your um, wide receivers are pretty much um, cups, obviously the top at the moment. And is um, is where Samuel on the list? Uh, I think he's by, by fifth. Two. He's fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, and also you've got um, Sanders, who's been fantastic the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, so um, I think Sanders was my, I guess, sort of biggest success from my kind of projections early season. And, and oh, certainly okay. out was that he was a guy that I, I really thought was going to settle in as wide receiver two in that offence that I thought was going to be really pass heavy. And I was 
I was very excited about him at, at the value he was. Um, certainly after the first two weeks, I was I was probably not feeling quite so smug. But um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely paid me back the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? He's been fantastic. Yeah, and you um you kept him in during that time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was certainly scratching my head and, and contemplating it, but um, I just thought that I, I believe that the underlying stats were there. You know, he was running a higher number of routes. He was he was getting a decent target share. It was just that he, he wasn't catching a lot of balls, and and the Bills weren't kind of fully functioning offense. But um, but yeah, I guess my my loyalty has uh, has slightly paid off there. I think that's also a thing about being a more a redraft or a dynasty player. Um, as a DFS player, I would really struggle, and I have struggled in this competition so far. Somebody to have two sort of down weeks for me to leave them in. Um, this is something I'm really struggling with, so um, which is why my team's changed so much already. And I think yeah, Nick's I, the same. I, I guess for me, that's where you know the, the kind of the dynasty I mm. I have I've, I've kind of picked my guys and, and I sort of stick with them. Um, and I guess I put a lot of work into my preseason projections, so I was trying to, I guess, stick stick my faith in in those and, and sort of as long as I could, really. Well, I think it works out. There was a tweet that went out, I think, last week. I think it was from Fantasy Focus saying that, and it was just pointing out that you could have just picked these nine players at the beginning of the season, and you'd be a hundred points in the lead. That's with no <laughs> transfer. Now, of course, one of the players was Patterson, but you would nobody was ever picking Patterson week one. I don't think. No. I don't no. think anybody was. So, um, so it was, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's realistic somebody would do that. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It's just basically said if you pick the right players, didn't do a transfer, you'd have a hundred point lead right now. Yeah, so I mean, you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? We yeah, can, we can sit there and do that every week. I think there's, I see people tweet out every week of oh, this this lineup scored fifty points this week, and it's just full of studs. And then this lineup mm. of complete unheard of is two hundred plus, and it's, yeah. you know. That's the joys and fun of fantasy football, isn't it? Um, talking of studs, whilst and also whilst talking about Sanders, um, Stefan Diggs has been a bit underwhelming so far. Any yeah. any ideas why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's, honestly, cure, no. cure Stefan Diggs. Just cure um, him, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that look from I, I I really think all the underlying stats are there. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if if we see him have an incredible second half of the season. You know, he's mm. 26.9% target share so far, um, a dot of 13.3. You know, he's, he's getting basically exactly the same number of looks and exactly the same type of looks as he did last year. He's he's just not producing. Um, you know, we've we've seen the likes of Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox catching the touchdowns, catching those deep balls. And I, I really think that, the, you know, stick with the faith. I do think Diggs will come true. Um, but I appreciate it's, it's hard to buy into Diggs at the moment with uh, with a, a consistent kind of underperformance so far. Yeah, um, I think I think the other, we've been talking about price rises. Potentially Diggs might have a price drop coming up because um, he's on the second page of the result of the sort of, you know, in scores and stuff. And if he does get a price drop, then you know he could be a really good option after the buy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think yeah. he, um, you know, if if he does drop, he becomes certainly more affordable. I think for me, his his price at the beginning of the season was just just too rich for my blood. Basically, yeah. um, if he is going to see a, a drop in price, I'd certainly be interested. He's he's still thirteen percent owned, which I find quite surprising. I wonder how many of those are, uh, should we say, inactive. 
uh, owners because yeah, oh, from the beginning of the season, yeah. yeah, I can't believe people have uh, have stuck with him this long. Um, or... Yeah, um, yeah, I find that it's, that's quite a, it's quite a surprise. Um, and then the rest of your team, um, in terms of Kelsey Lamb, Samuel's been a bit of a revelation. Though I did when we had a question week two or three about who's going to disappoint the most going forwards, and I said Debo Samuel, and um, I've definitely got that wrong. Because he's been fairly consistent, no matter who's throwing him the ball, which is like, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. You know, I was a guy that was loving Brandon Ayuk coming into the season, so yeah, it was. I was a little bit slower to buy in on Debo. Uh, I think I had him. Uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but um, but yeah, you know, with the, with the level of production, it was hard not to buy in. Um, yeah, CD Lamb, I think, been a little bit disappointed with him. If I'm being honest, um, he's another one that's. I guess you could throw in that sort of similar um, range as, as Diggs. You know, we're at 20, 23.3% target share. He's the, I think, one receiver 23 on the season. Um, certainly not repaying the the kind of cost that you spent to acquire him. Um, but I, I do think that, that I, I think he's probably the a, a top five talent in terms of wide receiver in the league. And I do really think that he's, he's another potential winner as, as we go down the stretch, you know, only at 12% owned. I, I think mm. I'm hoping that he's he's going to kind of repay my faith as uh, as we go on. Talking of them, whilst I've, whilst I've got you to pick your brain, talking about disappointing wide receivers with talent, Calvin Ridley <laughs> is like, he's only 4% owned, he's 18 million, so I suspect he's going to have a price drop as he's like on the third page. So I don't know what that would be in terms of score, fan team scoring, but yeah. There's a lot of players above him. Is he going to get right? I mean, yeah, I'll stick stick my Nostradamus hat on and uh, oh. look into the future. But no, well, um, you've got the you've got the projections. Tell us. Yeah, I think <laughs> the stats are there. Um, you know, he's he's seen a decent target share. I think that Atlanta offense has been far less impressive than everybody hoped at the beginning of the year. Um, I do think he's he's struggled. Not necessarily. I, th- I think this this thing about being double covered is massively overhyped, um, and he's certainly not seen double coverage anywhere near as much as people have you believe. But I do think that he's perhaps been more focused of of kind of opposing teams' defenses. Um, I do think hopefully if we're going to see the emergence of Cole Pitts after Sunday, um, if we're going to see Cordero Patterson, you know, moved all over the field as he was at the weekend and, and has been the last few weeks. I, I'm very hopeful that that will open up things for Calvin Ridley. Um, I still think he's, you know, a, a top three route runner in terms of the league, and I still think the talent's there. So, yeah, if, again, he, you know, he's probably one to throw in with Diggs. If the price is going to drop, um, I might might be eyeing up that as a punt. Um, also, also, it might be a good way if you need to catch up a bit because um, Ridley's, I say, four percent at the moment. Diggs is thirteen percent, which I'm surprised about. Uh, so yeah, they could be a good way to, like you say, after the first price changes, um, to maybe catch up with some people. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely interested. Now. I think that'd be that'd be quite interesting. Um, so that last week you scored 162 points with that team. Um, it was a very high scoring week generally, though, wasn't it last week? Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> you... I don't remember a fantasy week like it, to be honest. And you, because you scored in the Scott Fishbowl, you scored two hundred and sixty odd points or something. 
Yeah. So I had. So yeah, I I, I had a, a absolutely blinding week in Scott Fishbowl. It was yeah more more luck than judgment there. Um, I scored higher than any team has so far this year. Um, in a week, but yeah, it was only the the twelfth highest score in Scott Fishbowl this week. So just shows you how how kind of crazy it was. Yeah, and um, to show you how things are, in my Scott Fishbowl satellite. Bearing in mind, you know, the average score was like 200 or something. I scored 127, which like completely destroyed me because actually I was doing pretty well in my little conference. I was sort of doing pretty well, top 15 or something. I'd had some couple of good weeks, but I think I think if you'd done well like I had in like week five, sorry, week four or something, you were naturally going to do bad in week five just because of how it worked out. It felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. Everyone had a good week last week had a bad week this week as such. Yeah. So it was, um, so yeah, so that's, um, Let's turn that off. I'll just quickly show you mine. Let's talking about bad weeks. Um, let's look at my team from last week, which was, of course, my wild-carded team. So I was quite happy with Josh Allen and Derek Henry, as most people were. Um, Kenneth Gainwell is something I think interesting to talk about. Um, the reason I picked Gainwell was to not pick Coradell Patterson, and he was like easily the next. To me, he was the best option around that same value. He's actually a little bit cheap, cheaper. Now, I've seen and heard you talking about him recently, and I think you're a bit of a fan of his as well. I just wonder if I've picked him a little bit too early, possibly. I, I love Kenny Gamewell. I think he's a fantastic talent. I was super high on him before the draft. Um, once he fell to the fifth round, I was a little bit kind of cooler on him, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, it was hard, hard not to love the usage early in the season wasn't it um, yeah so that price as well is like 8.5 or something like Absolutely. that and then and then this week happened and it, it completely yeah. flipped on its head um you know this is a guy that was was seeing kind of 40 50 percent opportunity share and, and snap share and i think he was so week five he was 23.9 percent snap share um and a 23.8 percent opportunity share so mm. you know it, it it basically just vanished didn't it and yeah who, who could have guessed it? Um, he seemed to be getting all the targets. You know, Miles Sanders was getting no work in the passing game. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, maybe maybe let's just go back to Miles Sanders for, for no apparent reason. So, yeah, it was it was a bit brutal to, uh, yeah. to just manage like that. He was like the anti-Miles Gaskin, wasn't he? He was like... Um... <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy I should have gone for. So he, the only reason anybody who was watching last week's show will know he's in my team just to be a differential from... Um, Patterson but um and so I'm not really I'm not that bothered by the decision making on there because I wanted something to catch up and I think Patterson is just was so so owned and especially towards the top that I think it was a good way to try and catch up uh but obviously it hasn't worked out yet um I'm probably going to keep keep faith with him though um for a little bit um I can't see how else I can I've got two players which sort of save me money, him and Schultz, and I can't really see anybody else at the moment to do that for me. And I think it's it should be an interesting week as well because obviously the Eagles have got the Bucks on mm. Thursday night. So, you know, you, you'd like to think, I imagine that's probably going to be a high-scoring affair. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if, if Gangwell's going to get some of that passing usage again, it, yeah. it could, could be a decent game script for him. Yeah, because they're not going to be running against them, are they? So well, no, there's, there's no point even trying to run against Bucks front seven. No. It's like 
<laughs> and the fact that Brady just passes all the time, it might be like the quickest game, you know, the most plays or something we've had for like a long time. So, um, so he came in, he hasn't worked out yet, but it doesn't mean he's not going to. I'm going to probably keep faith with him. In terms of my receivers, I had brought in DJ Moore, Hill and McLaurin. And I did say that maybe this is points chasing a little bit, bringing them in last week. But um, I'm again, I'm I'm not going. I'm definitely not going to transfer any of them out. McLaurin's got um, it's coming up against Kansas City in a game which I expect to be very high scoring, as we've already discussed a little bit. And um, and I think I think that's probably a. I think Heineke had had one of his sort of awkward game I, I can describe it awkward games he like he seemed he seemed to always be either looked like he was being pushed around or injured or something or he'd not he, he always looks injured anyway but he was just having one of those types of games that he has sometimes and i think um but mclaurin is kind of really the only he's kind of his main obviously his main go-to guy but i did notice um and this is somebody we can talk we'll talk about a little bit maybe a little bit later more detail um, Ricky Seals Jones was getting a lot of targets in the end zone, it seems yeah. to me. And um, he's only 6.5 million on the fan team. And so he might be a good choice for a few weeks if you're looking for somebody cheaper in the tight end spot. Because um, the other thing about tight end spot this year so far is Kelsey hasn't run away with it. So usually he would pay up because he's run away with it, but he hasn't run away with it this year. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's just going to come up against Washington, so he'll probably get 40. <laughs> but, um, like, um, um, but yeah, so quite happy sticking with McLaurin. Um, Tyreek Hill, we've seen this already this season. He's going to he's produce 14 points this week, and then he'll probably produce 50 points next week. And then he'll be down to eight or nine for a couple of weeks, and then up to 60 points. That's just, just the way it is, isn't it? You know, yeah. He, he can catch an 80-yard touchdown at any point, and I think that... You've, you've just got to, you know, almost embrace the variance and just trust that yeah. by the sixth end, it'll it'll look good. Indeed, indeed. Um, DJ Moore, I picked him thinking that McCaffrey might be out for another week because I think when McCaffrey comes back, it's I haven't actually got any stats on this to show this, but I I just had the ink, the feeling that Moore was getting more usage whilst McCaffrey was out. We seem to be more the focal of the focus of the offense. Um, but I don't have any stats on that. It's just a feeling. I think he was so. Um, I've not got the exact stats, but I think mm. he was he's definitely getting more varied usage. Um, mm. So he's obviously getting he lined up in the backfield a couple of times. He's, he's taken a couple of um, handoffs in in the last couple of weeks, and I think his A dot has dropped. Um, which, whilst you see the increase in targets, obviously once once that A dot starts dropping, you sort of slightly less valuable targets, isn't it? So yeah. I do think that he sort of swings and roundabouts of slightly more usage, but slightly less valuable touches and an offense without McCaffrey isn't, isn't going to get as many sort of red zone looks and that kind of thing as well. No, but I mean, he is a talented player and on his, when he has a game, you know, and his, you know, his his yards after the catch and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the, the reason the pricing, the way the pricing is in fan team at the moment and stuff, is there's so many good receivers are around the same price as DJ Moore. You know, like Mike Williams and Debo, as we'll talk about, Marquise Brown, Chase, um, who seems to be, um, you know, sort of hitting in his straps a bit. Um, there's so many good options around there for that price. Um, but one player I did want to talk to you about, talking about players who might not be, um, Tyler Lockett, 
and DK Metcalf, but mainly Tyler Lockett because he's been pretty good so far. How do you think he's going to do without Russell Wilson for a few weeks? I'm, I'm concerned. Um, I'm very concerned, if I'm being honest, uh, as a guy that's got a few Lockett shares. Um, yeah. I think that look, the, the target share is probably going to be there. Um, but look, I'm, I'm a Jets fan. I've, I've seen plenty enough of, uh, of Geno Smith. When he's good, it looks fantastic. But when he's bad, it is, it is really bad. Um, mm. and I do think that, yeah, both Lockett and Metcalf are probably going to see a down tick in terms of quality of targets, volume of targets, but also, you know, that offense is going to see a down tick. We're going to see less mm. red zone usage. We're going to see less, um, you know, high scoring opportunities. Um, because I think that basically that offense isn't going to be as good without Russell Wilson, is it? Yeah. Um, do you think Chris Carson gets more work? Or I don't whoever's know. I'm, fit, I'm, whoever's fit in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this on the Dynasty Pod just now. I'm, I'm really concerned about Chris Carson's neck. Um, they, I, I read one article that suggested it was basically he's got like the same thing as scoliosis, but in his neck, which I'm not a doctor, but that's, that sounds pretty serious to me. Um, so I, I don't know if Chris Carson is, is going to be back. I don't know if Chris mm. Carson's going to be firing. So, you know, if, if that is the case, and maybe Alex Collins could be a you know a sneak mm. value play again um, if Carson's going to be out. But it's, I think it's going to be one of these that this is the challenge of fan team where you can't you know you're setting your line up on a Thursday. Um, yeah, you're not going to know until Sunday whether Carson's playing or whether it's going to be Alex Collins again. No, Alex Collins is seven million in there, so he's definitely a, a good enabler um, yeah. at that sort of price. But like you say, until they rule him out. For definite earlier in the week, you're not going to know. It's a bit, couldn't it? Yeah, and also it always it feels it seems to me again no stats, just a feeling that um, Chris Carson's been on a lot of injury reports, and a lot of the times you think it's like in the middle of the week he's not going to play, and then he comes back and he'll get he'll run for sixty yards or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think if you don't get him at the beginning of the year when he's fit, I think after that it becomes a bit of a harder play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's it's, how it feels to me. To be honest, it's just a guy I like to avoid because uh, I just I just don't want that headache of trying to work out what's happening. I think that there's yeah. there's better players in in similar value ranges um, that I, yeah. I feel more comfortable with. Certainly, the um, I asked me about Ty Lockett because my highest ranked team in fan team has Tyler Lockett in it, and um, and I've got to work out if I want to use a transfer this week or not on him. Um, just bear in mind when you're using these transfers right now, you're in the middle of bye week season. So um, just plan for your buys and um, just try, you know, unless you need to do your, um, to use your transfers, then just be careful. You're probably going to need the extra one at some point, you know, three week transfer week. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was me. So it wasn't a very great score this week. And actually I was, I did really badly this week. I think I think I was about 900. Yeah. 136 points. So it seems currently he's dropped down. See, when we started this about weeks one or two, it was like hundred. It was in like hundred and ten. He's gone down to four ninety nine. Uh, so it's definitely my worst team so far. <laughs> my worst team out of my four. So there you go. Just bad luck. That's what I chose to do this show about. You know, it's <laughs> the case, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so transfers. Um, I'm going to spoiler alert for me. I'm not going to do any transfers this week um as i'm pretty happy with the thinking behind my team they just none of them really did anything this week 
But I think they've all got potential to, to have good, you know, good weeks and have um, ceiling weeks. Um, but people more interested to see a 36th <laughs> place team and what that's going to be doing. Uh, there we go. So here you've, you've put in, you've done two transfers, have you? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so just subbed out the, the two guys on by. Okay. Quite frankly, in uh, in terms of uh, obviously Kodaro Patterson uh, and and Debo Samuel, um, subbing out Patterson, I, I tried to. I quite liked the balance of my kind of roster lineup, um, so I tried to basically make sideways moves and and stay in the same price bracket rather than kind of change the structure massively. If that made sense, yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, I I subbed out. Um, Cordero Patterson and, and added in Damien Williams. Um, I, th- I think for me, he, he was the obvious option in that price bracket. Um, I think, yeah, he, he's probably going to be reasonably highly owned um, because I think most people are going to probably make that exact same move. Um, but I just thought that this is a guy that's that's going to get a you know a seventy to eighty percent opportunity share, um, and at the value, it, it made sense. I am going to, after you said about earlier in the week, I'm going to go away and do some research and work out whether I potentially want to think about keeping Cordell Patterson in there. Yeah. Because if it, it might be that if the, you know, if he's going to see like a four or five million price rise, um, I, I might keep him just, just to almost pocket that extra four or five million. Yeah. I probably, I'll probably, I'll ask um, the fan team guys if they know what sort of ranges and what sort of, whether there's percentage based changes or not. Because when they do their football ones every week, it's only very, very small, like 0.1 million out of, you know, Salah's like 12 million or whatever he is. Um, So it's quite small. So I don't know how drastic it's actually going to be. Um, But um, yeah, yeah, Williams does seem like the obvious sort of play. He's going to be a short-term play though, isn't he? Because Montgomery's going to be back. Yeah, so I mean, look, I I was basically viewing it as almost a one-week sub. <coughs> Excuse me. I was I was probably looking and thinking if I subbed out Cordell Patterson, I'd I'd probably be looking to get him straight back in. Um so it was it was almost a, a like for like swap as such. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The um yeah, yeah, because the I suppose the difference between Patterson going forwards after this bye week is Patterson is is, is like always going to be part of that offense going forwards, as long as he's fit. Um He's, they've definitely made a, you know, say we, me and Nick talked about this last week. The first team that have ever really known how to use him properly. <laughs> so taking eight years, but yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a late bloomer, and um, so yeah, his at his price, everybody else there is like a Kenny Gainwell, where they're sort of part of something, as it were. And like Williams is going to be the main man for a few weeks, but um, then he won't be, I suspect. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, obviously somebody else will probably turn up. You know, like you say, could be Alex Collins, could be anybody um, in that price range. Uh, I I had a look earlier today at players under that price range and running back position under ten million, and it was pretty depressing <laughs> stuff. Um, um, Jeremy McNichols is in there, um, and Chuba Hubbard is a you know an injury replacement. Funny enough, Tyson Williams is in there still at six million, and he came back last night, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think that. To be honest, that backfield is just going to be one you want to avoid because I think that mm. there's going to be, you know, we've seen Latavius Murray get work. We've seen 
potentially Devonta Freeman get work, Lev Bell's floating around still, you've, you've got Tyson Williams, and I think that it's it's going to be a bit of all of them, and I don't think there's going to be one back that's that's going to produce enough to warrant you kind of throwing them in your lineup, even at you know the bargain price that Tyson Williams is. Yeah, and Elijah Mitchell's another one is interesting because I know you're keen on him. Yeah, generally I, speaking, he's, yeah, um, he's only I eight think, million. I think that he this this is his backfield. I think that he's you know if, if you can give me the the the, the RB one in any Shanahan offence, I'm mm. I'm fully interested. If you can give it to me at eight million, I think it's it's an absolute must buy. Um, He's kind of my my backup plan if if Cordero if I do decide to sub out Cordero Patterson and go with Damien Williams and hope that Elijah Mitchell's price doesn't rise above ten million, mm. um, he'd definitely be the guy that I'm targeting because I think that you know he yes he's, he's going to be boom he's going to be bus weeks. Um, I think I'm expecting Jimmy G to come back and start at quarterback over Trey Lance. Um, I appreciate that's probably probably not the consensus opinion, yeah, yeah. Um, but I. <laughs> I do think that if Jimmy G is the quarterback, I think this the, the running back of the offense is going to be very valuable. Um, I do think if T- Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback, I think I probably don't want to touch the running back because I think you're going to see a, a significant drop in terms of opportunities for the running back. Did um, was he on a pitch count or something last week, Elijah Mitchell? No, the the offense just wasn't very good, was it? Okay. Um, Trey, Trey Lance had 16 rushing attempts, didn't he? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Massively ate into Elijah Mitchell's workload. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Trey, Trey Sermon's still floating around. Obviously, you know they mm. they trade up in the draft to go and get Trey Sermon. Um, but I I do really believe that Elijah Mitchell's gonna be the the kind of RB one for that team moving forward. If you want to, um, if if you're looking for another ten million pound fill in for the next few weeks, Devonte Booker is there at ten million um, for the Giants. Because Saquon will be out for probably three weeks. Yeah, that's that's, a good, that's three. another good. Yeah, it's um again he'll be warm, which is a temporary thing because as soon as Barkley comes back, um I I had Saquon and Daniel Jones all over my DFS lineups this weekend. I was full, I was in completely on a. It just looked like a great matchup, you know, going the opposite side to the very popular Cowboys and everything, and then just didn't work out for you know just bad luck. If you want a really speculative um, other option, the other option is potentially Marlon Mack, who obviously wow. rumours released today that the Chiefs are apparently um, in, in in potential talks and sort of eyeing up Marlon Mack in potential trade. CH has just gone on IR. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, look, I, I'm talking very, very speculative. Mm. I don't. I don't think Marlon Mack is going to be a chief and I don't think he's going to suddenly become hugely valuable. But if that did happen at 10 million for three, four weeks, he, he could be very valuable. Yeah. That was, um, yeah, that I just, I just saw that news just before we came doing this that he'd gone to IR. Um, it's a short term IR though, isn't it? It's the three week one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, I think it's like an MCL sprain. So it'll probably be yeah. three to four weeks, something like that. Fine. Okay, cool. Um, so then you went for Antonio Brown. As you yes, I, I, it, I find you know to what you were saying earlier about that, you know, fifteen to sixteen million range is there's there's so many good options. Um, it's really difficult trying to pick which, which one to go for. Quite frankly, 
Um, so I, I considered Mike Williams, um, which was kind of the obvious option, I guess. Um, but I, I, I just thought that Antonio Brown, I've, I've won a piece of that Bucks offense because mm. I do think it's it's going to put points every week, and and I do think that it's slightly, it's not completely contrarian, but I think it's probably slightly more contrarian than going after a Mike Williams. They're um. He's only 2% owned, Evans is 3% and Godwin is 5%. They seem criminally under-owned, those, those guys. That's really shocking. Ownership. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very yeah, surprised. Just, yeah, considering Brady is the top quarterback. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to last all season. I think Jackson's going to go past him. Yeah. Just on well, the ground. I mean, Brady's, I don't know what his touchdown rate is at the moment, but yeah, it's it's pretty unsustainable. It's a guy that's had you know, seven, eight percent touchdown rate for his career. Um and I, I think he's up north of ten percent at the moment, which is yeah which is pretty unheard of. Uh oh oh no, I'm 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 talking rubbish. He's at six point seven percent touchdown rate. So he's actually he's actually pretty much bang on what you'd expect. So so he's sustainable then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those guys seem very under owned to me. I guess it's it's the variance, isn't it? Because it's you know like we talked earlier about Tyreek Kill. From a week to week basis, it's it can be painful. But when you look at it at the end of the season, he's had a good season, and it's the same with all three of those. It could be any one of them that has a massive boom week. It could be any one of them that, that puts up a dud. Um, and and who knows which one it's going to be each week, kind of thing. Yeah, and you kind of it's kind of one of those where you need to have the discipline to put them in your lineup and just leave them because if you try and guess which one it is each week. You're gonna go mad. Yeah. It's um, there's no there's no you know logic to it. No, oh, absolutely. It's it's a stick it and forget it and and just pray kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, he does look really good. I mean, you know, Antonio Brown had all his issues and stuff, but since he's gone to Tampa Bay, he's been just fantastic. And uh, this is a guy that was the best receiver in the NFL yeah. for five years. You know, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes, he's he's a complete lunatic and. Had all sorts of personal issues, but you stick him on a football field and you can't deny the talent. Well, he he, he wasn't a lunatic before Vontae's perfect took his head off. And uh, I think that's basically probably part of it. It's like, yeah. you know, I would genuinely not be surprised if that came out years later to be one of the reasons he went off the rails. Well, this is also a guy that was playing in a helmet that the NFL had banned and said wasn't safe, <laughs> but he refused to yeah. play in a helmet. And, you know, yeah, and then perfect happens and stuff, which is like, yeah, um, that's terrible. Um, talking of receivers, here's a guy. Now, I thought this guy was going to be really cheap, and I thought he was going to be great value. Um, but it turns out he's not that cheap because he's actually in 11 million, and that is Kadarius Tony. Okay. Now, he's, he's had, I think I saw on the Twitter machine earlier that he's had the most yards after catch since week four. Something like that. Yeah, and just on the eye test, if you watch him, some of the plays, it looks like he's on fast forward and everybody's on normal speed. It's just, just amazing. His ability to stop is like nothing I've ever seen, which seems ridiculous when you're talking about a receiver running fast, but his ability to go from full speed to zero is... Is really yeah. impressive. I've been I've been properly impressed watching him, um, and yeah, you know, twenty two targets in two weeks span is mm. is incredible. Um, my real concern, and we've just had this conversation on the Dynasty Pod. My real concern is 
what happens when Shepard comes back? What happens when Golladay's fully fit? What happens when Slayton's fully fit? What happens when Evan Ingram's fully fit? What happens when Barkley's comes back? I think, you know, we've seen a two-week stretch where they've basically not had any other options other than yeah. force-feed Tony. Um, so I, I, I'm a little bit concerned that to go out, you know, you, as you said, you're not getting him super cheap. Yeah. Um, so if if he does it for two more weeks, then I'm probably all in. And I appreciate at that point I'm 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 late on the bandwagon and I'm you know I'm I'm chasing points again. Um, but I I just want to see it before I, I jump in because I, I I am concerned that he's going to disappear when the other receivers come back. You know when Sterling yeah. Shepherd's back, you're not going to see him running out of the slot anymore because that is Sterling Shepherd's role. Um, and, and I, I just don't, I just can't buy in yet, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I just, the sort of, the just logic, sort of common sense side of me says, the Giants coaches will see what's going on here. They must see that he's the best receiver they've got. And therefore, they've got to do what they can to get him the ball. But as we know, um, NFL teams don't always work like that. <laughs> coaches don't always see things the same because they have more information than us. You know, they, they know these players a lot better than we do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have there's a lot of stuff we don't see behind the scenes and stuff that's going on and things like that. So, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on, though. Definitely. Um, I'm not sure his price is going to increase massively because I don't think he's had enough. Unless he does something mass big this weekend against the Rams, um, I don't see he's going to do... I don't see his price is going to change massively. Just looking at those cheaper players, players under 12 million, which is obviously Sue Sanders and stuff. We've got Hunter Renfro, who's next there. Um, Tim Patrick, who I know we both like. Uh, I put him into my top team. He hasn't really produced yet. Chris Kirk, Rondell Moore. Again, Arizona Cardinals are a bit of a funny team at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I love Rondell Moore, the player. Um, mm. But it's 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 just tough because you know we talked about it earlier about that sort of A dot again those higher value targets and Rondell Moore's got the lowest A dot of any wide receiver in the NFL that's had more than ten targets. Mm. His A dot is two point nine. He he basically got the average depth of target of a running back. Like he mm. they're force feeding him the ball, but it's in and around the line of scrimmage. It's not downfield, and and I mm. think that. It's it, he's fantastic. He's 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 an incredible weapon, but it's just because of where he's getting the ball, it's just not reliable. You're basically relying on him breaking tackles for a long touchdown, and and he's never going to get the ball in and around the you know the goal line, is he? Because of the size. Mm. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing. I've because this um, contest is still new. You know, it's first year we've had it and stuff, so nobody really knows what the best strategies are and stuff at the moment. Players like Patrick and Renfro at the prices they are and stuff, 10, 11 million, they're consistent, you know, but they haven't got, I don't think they've got, as, obviously they haven't got as big a ceiling as a player like Moore or Kirk. Um, and, and Zach Pascal's in there as well, who was obviously very, you know, he's touted a lot at the beginning of the season, as was Callaway, who's had a couple of good weeks. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm not really sure the best route to go at that stage. I guess it comes down to where you are in the table. If you want to catch up, you probably need to use the ceiling players. 
if you're doing pretty well, you're happy with the position, then players like Renfro and Patrick, who sound really, seems like the dullest thing in the world to play either of those guys, but they're consistent. Yeah. Renfro's yeah. double figures all every week. You know? Maybe maybe that's the, if you're looking to catch up, because mm. I, I'm sure Renfro's ownership is probably criminally low. Maybe oh. that's the way to go to look at catching up, is you go someone that's completely contrarian, that's not going to be owned very highly. <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. Just gives you points every week. This is going to make you laugh. Renfro is twice as owned as Antonio Brown. Oh, okay, right. Well, yeah, which is just ridiculous, I, isn't it? Ignore everything I've just said for the last eight seconds. But it's only four percent still. Oh, okay. It's only four percent, and um, yeah, and um, Renfro and Patrick are four and five percent, and yeah, I don't know whether the strategy there would be to um, get a couple of players in like that. And um, you know, go with ceiling players for the others. Yeah, I guess the concern with Patrick as well is that Jerry mm. Julian's. So what we now we're we're a week away probably from Jerry yeah. Julian coming back. So he, he, you know, I still think Patrick's good enough to get a, you know a fifteen percent kind of target share in the offense. But is that enough to to warrant the price you're you're kind of paying for him? I, I do wonder if yeah. it's, now's the time to probably be moving away from a from a Tim Patrick. Yeah, and um, just just looking at all of the players, there's nobody else even remotely as consistent as um, Renfro. I mean, obviously Sanders has got Sanders has been fantastic the last three weeks. He's got a bigger window, but nobody else in that price range seems to be as consistent. I mean, my man KG Osborne's dropped off the cliff, and um, <laughs> um, you know, six point five million. So yeah, I think. Um, I think I think Renfro's the play actually, as I'm talking to you now. Yeah. I think getting someone like a Renfro in there's a great option. Yeah, definitely. I think it's mm. as you said, it's it's not sexy, it's not gonna, you know, be entertaining or particularly interesting, but you, you can no. almost pencil those points in every week, can't you, at the moment? So just finally we'll just spend a few minutes if you, if that's okay, just talking about tight ends, <laughs> um, which is normally a position me and Nick say we're never gonna talk about that much and we spend ages talking about. Um, it's the um, the top the um, tight end sort of the top scorers and stuff. Definitely not what you'd expect with Knox and Schultz in their third and fourth. No, absolutely. I find um, I think Knox has been interesting because he he was obviously partly involved last year and stuff, but this year it seems to be him and Sanders are the two guys. It just seems to be the way it's worked out so far. And, yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm kicking myself for not owning more. Dawson Knox, because I talked him up at the beginning of the season as a potential option. I talked him up as, you know, we talk about these breakout tight ends, yet yet he'd been kind of forgotten about as that third-year tight end that had shown flashes. Um, I I just don't know if I can ever buy into consistent production from him, because I do think that best-case scenario, he's, what, fourth fourth target in that offence? I think that for me, if if you've got him in your lineup, I'm I'm probably sticking with him and, and riding almost a hot hand, but I'm certainly not chasing the points there because I do think he's the kind of guy that, that could disappear for two weeks and, and you end up kicking yourself for trying to chase the points and, and just getting nothing. Yeah, I think um the thing you need to be careful about with tight end position generally is because of the sort of lack of quality there, just just having one or two good weeks puts you up near the top of the leaders. And um, 
Like David and Juco's on there now after like what he did. He's on the first page, you know. I mean, Gronk was at the top and he's dropped down because he had two good weeks at the beginning and obviously now he's injured and stuff. Um, you know, I wonder, like Pitts has suddenly come up into the top seven after being disappointing all season and stuff. So I just, just if, if you're looking for a new tight end and stuff there and you're not going for the obvious names, then just look at, just check out the history and just to confirm, see if they're being used regularly because there's a lot of inconsistency there. I, I, I do think when you're talking tight ends as well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in uh, in Las Vegas with Darren Waller because yeah. you know, without wanting to get into what's happened there, it's obviously a bit a bit chaotic, shall we say. Mm. Um, but John Gruden was Darren Waller's biggest fan, wasn't he? You know, he called him the most talented receiver in the NFL yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, does the fact that, you know, Gruden's now out the door, are we going to see a more traditional offense where he's not getting, you know, 25, 30% target shares. Does it mean that, you know, he, he's, he's going to settle into just being one, one of the other, one of the other guys as such. Yeah. And I think just the way the season's going, you don't need to pay the price for Waller at the moment when you've got Schultz and Knox ahead of him. And he's the second most expensive receiver, I think. Yeah. Same as George Kittle. Um, I don't think you need to pay for it, but pay up for him. Especially with the uncertainty, I think there's plenty of other options. I think whilst um, I was, um, I'm still quite big on whilst Jacoby Brissett's in. I'm still quite big on Gasicki. Yeah, as um, he's only two percent owned as well. Again, another consistency, a consistent guy whilst Brissett's in. But then again, I think actually I might have read two. I might be back this week. He he could be back. I don't think it's been confirmed. No. I think mm-hmm. one one guy I'm really, I say I'm really liking. Um, I'm, I'm not loving, but I think is is worth a look at. Is is Hunter Henry as well? You know, yeah. we've seen that obviously they spent the two money on the two tight, the big money on the two tight ends, but he's pretty much kind of settled above and kind of nestled himself in that top spot. He's seeing, you know, he's twenty twenty eight point six percent target share last week. He's obviously producing, um, and he's running you know double triple the amounts of routes of of johnny smith on a consistent basis now um so i do think that you know he's not expensive is he at at 13 13 yeah yeah it could could be worth a a little punt um in in that yeah and he's uh, he's down he's down a zero percent owned which obviously means i'm guessing under 0.5 i don't believe he's zero percent owned but like um yes there's a good differential I personally, I've discussed this with Nick many times, I really have a trouble playing. I have a sort of a mental block playing receivers with rookie quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I really struggle with it. So, um, And New England aren't, haven't for a long time been a sort of great fantasy sort of place. Um, so I really, he could look great on paper. I would still struggle with him personally. Yeah, and no, I, I, I think I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but basically mm. the rule is is that rookie rookie quarterbacks over the course of a season can produce one fantasy relevant player, and and that's pretty much it, and that's that's pretty much the rule almost every year. So yeah. if you're looking at Mac Jones, mm. who, who that one person is, could it could it be Hunter Henry having a you know a top twelve season, or is it going to be Jacoby Myers or or one yeah. of those? no name receivers i think 
that that that's all I'm sort of thinking is that maybe Hunter Henry can solidify himself as as the kind of top target in the offense. Mm. I think as we as we mean Nick said, every tight end is such a awful position generally. Like uh, a random name and pray for a touchdown, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Kelsey's still top. I mean, and we think he's had a bad a bad season, but he's not so far ahead that he, you know he's worth the points. If you see what I mean, sorry, he's worth the price and uh, for his number of points. So, but I think uh, yeah. I think with with this potential injury looming and. I th- I really believe regression is coming and and the Chiefs are going to go on an absolute tear. Um, maybe if if Kelsey's percentage ownership drops, um, I I do wonder mm. if uh, if it could be a really good catch up play to, you know, shoot up leaderboards because I think he can yeah. up huge points, couldn't he? Yeah, he, he, oh, he always has. Yeah, it's. A, I'm, I'm just surprised he's not further ahead. If you see what I mean, but he's um he's 28 owned at the moment, but I. I don't think that's dropping this week. I really don't because he's playing Washington. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it comes down to what it comes down to is whether you're happy having that cheaper player as a wide receiver or as your tight end, I think. Because you're going to need, you always need, there's not many constructions that you don't need like a 12 million pound receiver or something like that. Not many anyway. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm always a tight end early guy, you know, in, in mm. redraft. I'm I'm happy taking the tight end in the first or second round, and and in dynasty, I, I'm I'm happy going and spending to get, you know, a big tight end because I I really believe that one of those top top two options is is what you want. So that was yeah. always going to be the way I built my fantasy lineup. Well, uh, my final thing is Ricky Seals Jones for a few weeks, six point five million. Can't go wrong. <laughs> it's, it's it's really worth a punt. So so he played every offensive snap bar one last week. He ran every offensive. He ran routes on every single offensive pass play, bar one. The only the only Washington player who ran more routes was Terry McLaurin. Mm. You know, for, for six and a half million, he's yep. going to be on the field. Like, and he's playing. Can- it's Kansas City coming up as well. So, and he's he's shown. You know, he's a he's a big body guy. He's he's a, mm. a red zone threat, and. Washington doesn't really have another big-bodied red zone threat. So, mm. as we said, pick a random name and and hope for a touchdown. Well, if if he's spending six and a half million, yeah, why not? He's um also last week. I mean, Heineke was literally trying to force the ball to him. He was in, he was covered and stuff, and he's still trying to force it into him. Because where else is he going to go? Red zone, yeah. It's like <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I I think he's. I think he's especially a good play if you need to catch up a little bit. Yeah. I really think so. What's his What's his ownership percentage? Is it zero? Is it, like, no, it's, a, it's a zero. So like, there you go. I mean, I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be one or two percent by the end of this week. I suspect that, that sort of savings. Um, yeah. But um, and yeah, and because it's Kansas City as well, and um, you know, there's not too. There's not really many two worst defenses really than Washington and Kansas City at the moment. So. <laughs> In terms of fantasy points, anyway. Yeah, it's not what you wanted to uh, come into season. The, the much wanted Washington. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's a great offense to go up against. It's it's such a it's such a funny game. It's going to be such a weird game, really. Yeah. Uh, to know, you know, both teams want to get back. You know, <laughs> and it's also weird that we're talking about the Chiefs in these terms as well. You know, bottom of the uh, West and all that. Yeah, and, and and you know, without wanting to to labour the point anymore, this is why I, I really think that 
the cream is going to rise to, rise to the top and I do yeah. think that they're going to turn things around quite quickly. Yeah, I think um, there's a narrative out there that people are beating them the same way as Tampa Bay beat them in the Super Bowl and stuff, but it's quite a lazy narrative because if you look at the number of injuries they had and stuff in the offensive line and things like that and stuff, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it isn't just one way you can beat them and stuff. But Mahomes does need to adjust, definitely, to what's going on at the moment. But if you look at the teams they've lost to, so last mm. this week they lost to the Bills. Like, let's not pretend that that's, you know, a terrible team. No, even lost Washington to, lost to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, lost, they lost to the Ravens, who, again, you know, we're talking about as an AFC mm. contender. And they lost to the Chargers, who have just gone and beaten the Browns and, to me, look like the most impressive team I've seen, yeah. um, you know, outside of, of Tampa um, so far this season. And, you know, if, if you look back at the end of the season and say, OK, they, they lost to three very good teams, but I still mm. think they're going to win, you know, 11, 12, 13 games mm. this year. So I, I really um... turn around. Yeah, I don't think I, the problem is I don't think there's any way you can use this to your to your um, advantage at the moment because I think Hill's twenty four percent owned and Kelsey's twenty eight percent owned and stuff. Um, I think you're going to, like you say, there's going to be a set. There's going to be a number of teams who of people who just set their team and forgotten it almost. And so I don't know if you're going to necessarily catch up with people at the top using those guys. If you want to catch up now, if you're already at the top, if you're like you. In top 30, top forty and stuff, you know, then using those guys kind of makes more sense. But um, yeah, if you're catching up, you kind of want them to fail a bit. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, well, that has gone really quickly. Um, that's just gone. So that's thank you for um, completing your marathon on, on YouTube this evening, Rich. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. It's been it's been a delight. That's been absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, now normally um, Pitsy sends um, Nick a sign off, a little joke or a sign off to do, but we haven't got anything. So I just have to come up with something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've just come up with something. So um, please remember, you've got to lock your, lock your team by Thurs on Thursday evening. Um, if you have any questions for then, just you know, message me or Nick or Rich on Twitter. Or whatever Nick Nick's still using Twitter, so you know if you ask him a question, he'll still be there. I wouldn't advise anyone to be asking me questions about fantasy because all I do is ask you questions. So, uh, see so yeah, if anyone mm. asks me a question, I'll just be coming to you. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Um, I should have used your figures in my optimizer. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the main lesson I've got from this. Your projections in my optimizer. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. Great. Um, well, good luck for everybody. Um, week six, and bear in mind, there's buys this, this week as well, and then price rises, rises after this week. So, yeah, good luck, everybody.
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 